0: my fellow patriots it's episode 73 and it is called truth warriors we'll get to my interviews uh, shortly but first i want to just reflect a little bit on memorial day of course the day that we remember as americans all those who have given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms and i just wanted to mention that uh, you know we are characterized those of us that are on the right are characterized as warmongers and uh, uh, colonists and imperialists and all kinds of nasty names that when you look at the truth anybody who is and on the right today the great majority of people lean more towards isolationism which i don't personally believe is the answer either but uh you look at president trump who never got credit for the middle east peace peace deals that he came to between Israel and several uh, Arab countries. Uh, First time in really 50 years that anything like that had been done, but of course nothing no credit is ever given for that. And of course uh, he rightfully and smartly began the withdrawal of our troops from the Middle East, especially in Afghanistan only to be bumbled and botched by this imposter that's in the White House right now. So I want to just say that we are characterized as being angry. My question in response and my comment in response to that is, yeah, why the hell shouldn't we be angry? 13 13 soldiers died that wouldn't have had to die. Americans uh, got left behind by this this imposter who also left behind 85 to 87 billion depending on who you listen to dollars worth of equipment including firearms but also up to you know uh, uh, helicopters and trucks and and so many things and I would say that when America looks back these days on the wars that have been fought the sacrifices that have been made for our freedom we should be more than angry and I'm not saying we should get violent, but people should have by now, and hopefully this includes you, have gotten up and decided how they're going to make a difference and how they're going to participate in taking our country back. So as we go through our episode today, and I have two interviews, the first one with Ohio Brett, who is very high energy, Christian man who who is also a very effective public speaker. We're going to get to him. And then I have Dr. Bill Warner coming back and we're going to continue our series on Islam called Eye on Islam. We're going to talk about uh, statistics and some research that he's done uh, in relation to Islam and in some of the data in relation to the Islam Islam versus Christianity. So that's very interesting. Now we're going to also put uh, sprinkle in some some videos that that I like, uh, one which I got sent a link to uh, by Nancy, who's always corresponding and I like that. So thanks for doing that, hat tip off to Nancy. Uh, Also, we are gonna just uh, talk a little bit more about Memorial Day as we go through this. Now, one episode that I would like to highlight and bring back to your attention is the episode in which I interviewed the Gold Star Widow and author uh, Michelle black who wrote an excellent book called sacrifice uh, I had a great conversation with her that was episode 54 you can go back and look that up and the reason why I brought this up is part of the conversation I have with her we talk about the true meaning of Memorial Day and I just want to emphasize that because everybody is uh, you know thinking about uh, Memorial Day as a party a three-day weekend uh, you know and uh, Not everybody, but a lot of people. And I just want to say that that's not what the the day is for. So hopefully you're having your fun today. And then tomorrow when it actually is Memorial Day, you'll do some reflecting on the sacrifices that were actually made and continue to be made for our freedoms. And in my personal belief, we have never faced a greater threat than what we face today because the threat is coming to us from inside our own country. And I don't think it's socialism or communis- communism at this point anymore. I think it has gone to full blown fascism. And I've mentioned this a couple of times, but fascism is not a product of the right. If you're on the right, you believe in the smallest government possible, not complete state control. And at the very end, if I have some time, uh, if I have time, I'm going to share an article with you. If not, I'll do it next week. But uh, one that you need to be aware of and one that has to do with our children. Um, If not, I'll do it next week. So uh, I wanted to share the first video that I have, which is a speech that uh, Ronald Reagan had made. And uh, it, uh, it really is a good speech for Memorial Day.
1: In America's cities and towns today, flags will be placed on graves and cemeteries. Public officials will speak of the sacrifice and the valor of those whose memory we honor. I have no illusions about what little I can add now to the silent testimony of those who gave their lives willingly for their country. Words are even more feeble on this memorial day for the sight before us is that of a strong and good nation that stands in silence and remembers those who were loved and who in return love their countrymen enough to die for them yet we must try to honor them not for their sakes alone but for our own and if words cannot repay the debt we owe these men surely with our actions we must strive to keep faith with them and with a vision that led them to battle and a final sacrifice. Our first obligation to them and ourselves is plain enough. The United States and the freedom for which it stands, the freedom for which they died, must endure and prosper. Their lives remind us that freedom is not bought cheaply. It has a cost. It imposes a burden. And just as they whom we commemorate were willing to sacrifice, So too must we, in a less final, less heroic way, be willing to give of ourselves. Each died for a cause he considered more important than his own life. Well, they didn't volunteer to die. They volunteered to defend values for which men have always been willing to die if need be. The values which make up what we call civilization. And how they must have wished in all the ugliness that war brings, that no other generation of young men to follow would have to undergo that same experience. As we honor their memory today, let us pledge that their lives, their sacrifices, their valor shall be justified and remembered for as long as God gives life to this nation. And let us also pledge to do our utmost to carry out what must have been their wish that no other generation of young men will ever have to share their experiences and repeat their sacrifice. Earlier today, with the music that we have heard and that of our national anthem, I can't claim to know the words of all the national anthems in the world, but I don't know of any other that ends with a question and a challenge as ours does does that flag still wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? That is what we must be about. Thank you.
0: Reagan always has uh, great speeches. He always had great speeches. And if you haven't uh, really taken the time to go to the Reagan Library web- website and take a look at those, I highly recommend that. He uh, was a great speaker and he always... Uh, lifted America up and we are in a similar time uh, than we were in '88 80 to 82 including the inflation uh, of that time although it's worse now uh, and people can deny that if they want but that's the truth uh, so I'm gonna go on now and we will play another video coming up but I wanted to go through and uh, you're gonna enjoy Ohio Brett he gives everybody energy if you haven't seen him before he is on Brighty on TV And we'll talk about that uh, as well as what he's been working on. So here he is. My very special guest today is Mr. Brett Bull, who's also probably better known as Ohio Brett. Brett, welcome
2: to the show, The Patriot Review. It's an honor to have you, sir. Hey, Jeff, it's an honor to be on The Patriot Show. And Ohio Brett is ready to roll, lock the doors. We're going to have a players-only meeting. And, Jeff... I am ready to go.
0: You, you and Clay Clark, you have so much energy. I mean, can you buy, bottle that maybe, send that to me? You well, know, us, us old so guys, we need that. I'm inspired by
2: Clay, I actually had a chance <laughs> to spend the weekend with Clay and his wife. That's no awesome. one was together in the same room. But Clay and his beautiful wife, they hosted a reawakened tour event in Myrtle Beach. And wow, was it a special event, a sold out event, speakers from all over America, and the truth was shared.
0: And he's got two more, I think, that are on the book. So if you, anybody, you would need to check that out. And uh, you can go back to my last episode where I interviewed Clay. All the link information is there. So check it out. Definitely want to be there. Definitely don't want to miss it. He has a lot to share, and it's it's a great opportunity. So, But Brett, I wanted to have you on. You and I kind of met through another person who was involved, is involved very heavily in the education uh, stopping CRT, stopping uh, the hypersexualization in schools and those sorts of things, uh, Sean O'Briarty, who's another great guy. And you I want to have on the show because you have been doing this kind of stuff for a long time, very positive messaging, um, a, a lot based on your background with sports and, and, uh, and the youth in particular. And, you know... There is so much uh, to cover from a negative viewpoint. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's happening? That people get really uh, blunted and, and overwhelmed, and they get their spirits down. And and you look at um, you look at the youth, and you look at the suicide rates climbing. You look at the fentanyl uh, deaths climbing uh, because of the incompetent, uh, if I can say this word, boob, who is in the the, uh, the White House right now and all of his minions, truly, I believe, minions for evil. So you are particularly interested, interesting to me as a dad, as a dad of three daughters. I think that my biggest worry, if there's anything that keeps me awake more than anything else, it's the fact that uh, I'm worried about the legacy that my daughters will have and whether or not they will enjoy our freedoms you, on the other hand, you are very positive. The messaging you give, give is very positive, and especially to the youth, and I have to say I respect you for that. Would you just like to share, for people who aren't familiar with you, kind of the story behind that and um, and your thoughts on
2: that, if you would? Sure. Well, Jeff, first of all, I want to say thank you for this opportunity to come on the Patriot Review, because Sean, a very... Uh, that guy is a man's man. Sean in Maine, thank you so much for the connection. I had man. a chance to meet him last summer when I blitzed all 16 counties in Maine for, for Mike Keith, who was considering running for governor. And I met Sean, and I'm looking forward to seeing Sean again again this July, because Sean and Ohio Brett are going to have a huge fundraiser. We're going to have a lobster-eating contest, and I oh, think yeah. I could probably bury about eight of those, <laughs> but I heard he could get to 10, so I might be a loser. But Jeff... <laughs> For me, it is all about the kids. Everything that we do is about the kids. As a former coach, as a father, as a community leader, and yes, I have a sports background. Many of your viewers might know me as the host on the Bridie on TV show. Every Wednesday, you can find us at four o'clock Eastern Standard Time, the Ohio Brett Show for God, country, and sports. Well, I have the blessing of interviewing influencers from the sports world, from the faith world, from the business world, other influencers with podcasts and TV shows, it's a great honor. And yes, we talk about their sports background, but we really dig into family, faith, and what's going on in America. So Jeff, that's a huge platform for me. Some of you know that Ohio Brett is that guy that's getting booked to speak at conferences all over America, and I also emcee a lot of events. And some of you know me from... The, uh, being a co-founder of thechristianrevolution.net, thechristianrevolution.net, with my co-founder, Coach Dave Dobenmeyer, we asked the question, who is funding good? Because there's only two teams, folks. There's Team Jesus and there's Team Lucifer. We could see uh, evil being funded. And by the way, it's not just being funded by Democrats. It's also being funded by Luciferian-led rhino Republicans. It's being yeah. fed by the big media and big corporate America and the global elites. We could see the money that George Soros was doing in America the last few summers. Yeah. It was chaotic.
0: Yeah. So well, we him and, and Zuckerberg it. in the election, for sure.
2: There's a, those guys are the puppets, because the elites behind them are the ones that are controlling things, just like the tragic event that happened in Buffalo. Hey, no kidding, Black Lives Matter. Those are my teammates. Those are my friends. I'm a sports guy. I'm a former football guy. I was a a minority. I was a white defensive back playing football for Coach Nick Saban in college. Those are my brothers. So we're seeing these evil manifested that they're trying to force race wars. You're going to, unfortunately, they're not going to stop. So that's why, Jeff, you asked about the kids. Because some of you may know me that Ohio Brett is the guy that's going to all 50 states in 12 months. And the reason why I'm right. going is to plant those seeds for Jesus, plant those seeds for unity, center left and center right are uniting like never before, and you better believe I'm planting those seeds for unity, black-white relations.
0: Well, let me let me unpack that a little bit, because you said so much there that I think is important, and if you are at home and you're watching this show and you're you're shaking your head up and down and you're saying yeah that that sounds good that makes a lot of sense well here's your opportunity to to get up and do something about it in your own way you know you have God given talents use your talents as you as you can and get out there and I always say to my viewers I said you know I turned uh, now I'm 55 I turned 55 and I'm sitting here thinking now uh, what's my legacy going to be well the best legacy that I've up with is to ensure the freedom of future generations and to do what I can to to do that and to me the kids as you stated, the kids are the mission the kids are the most important and we have to address items that sometimes maybe the kids aren't aware of or don't need to be aware of but don't fool we can't fool ourselves that's what we're doing it for and uh, you know I respect the fact that you've done so much and brighty on TV is great. I really recommend folks if you haven't gone over there to check out the content that's on Brighteon, you don't know what you're missing. Uh, you gotta check it out. Everybody that's on there uh, is great. Um, you got high energy people like Brett, but you also have, you know, a, a wide spectrum of
2: of other people. Brett and how about and- Dr. Alan Keyes? Dr. Alan Keyes has an absolutely different style than Ohio Brett, but it's yeah. powerful truth that he shares. And brightion.tv is the fastest-growing streaming TV network in America, and you will find uncensored truth there. So I believe everybody that follows you will get really love to plug in to Brighteon TV.
0: I agree. I've been I've been uh, posting to it for a while. Uh, you know, so I've I've run across and been exposed to a lot of the shows on it, and again, I highly recommend it. So, Brett, if you if you would, you know, let's talk a little bit about the immediate future for you and what you see as the most important issues for you to go out there and really address?
2: Well, first of all, you already talked about your three beautiful daughters and you're living a life, Jeff, that you're just teaching them the right things to do. So when they get older, they will know what to do. That's Proverbs 22.6. And for me, that's what it's all about, folks. If you hear me speak at a conference or MC or, or on my TV show, you will know that In sports, we know there's fundamentals in all sports, whether it's tennis and the proper way to hit a backhand or serve or golf, the way you grip the club and all the fundamentals of the different shots that you can hit. And in football, whether you're an offensive lineman, a quarterback, a wide receiver, or a defensive back, we have key fundamentals that coaches teach us. That's why it's called practice. We get to practice all the time. Well, the fundamentals, if you really want to have a – a powerful personal relationship with our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Fundamental number one, you gotta read. You gotta read daily and don't make any excuses. You're lying to yourself if you can't find time to read one verse a day or one Proverbs a day or a Psalm a day or do what I do. Start in Genesis, read four pages a day, crank through the book of Revelation, and then start over in Genesis again. That's what I do. I'm in the book of numbers right now. And Jeff, it is popping off the page. So I always want to start there. And I want to challenge all the men. Because as I'm traveling to America, I've already got 27 states in. I have 23 more to go. It's going to be a very busy June, July, and August. Uh, September 1st is my deadline. So... Everywhere I go, I see the mama bears coming out like never before. My question is, where in the world are the men? And right. a lot of these men, unfortunately, Jeff, they drive by these churches or they see these feminine leaders, these cafe mocha sipping, That's uh, part pressed of the jeans, shirts hanging out, um, weak leaders in the pulpit. What is a man's man? Like Sean, our stud from Maine, he's a man's man. What is a man's man going to... What's that little weasel, little feminine weasel in the pulpit well, who doesn't even share the real truth? Well, Brett, I'm not trying to beat up. Yeah, well, you know,
0: the the answer to that, the, the, tr- the truth of that is that the man's man has been under attack since the 1960s. Paternalism has been under attack. You have male tox- toxicity, and it's all a bunch of crap that the far-left feminists uh, yes. have really hammered on and destroyed families... Bias destroying, destroying uh, paternalism, and you know well, I would Jeff, say quite I frankly agree 100%. that
2: Jeff, I want to I don't want to interrupt you. It's just your show, and I'm so thankful to be on. <laughs> That's And why. Jeff, I got to get excited about that because you're darn right, the the leftists are doing it. But I have equal anger for the Republican rhinos Agreed. that allow it to happen.
0: I lump them into the uniparty. You have you have it's Democrats, fascists, yes. and and the the rhinos, and all they want to do. They've been corrupted. They're evil. They want more power. They want more money. They don't care who they hurt. There are a few people that uh, are good in the Republican Party, in my opinion, you know, and I respect those people. But I'm like you. I have far less respect for those people that claim they're Republicans and that, you know, they would support the the center right or, you know, even the, the right in this country. And the leftists like to say, oh, the the people on the right wing, they've gone so far, they're fascists. They've gone so far right and they've changed so much. And I sit there and I say to that, really, we've changed? Let's see, what issues have we changed on? Let's see, uh, fiscal responsibility? No, that didn't change. Let's see, uh, pro-life? No, that didn't change. You know, you go through, you listen, then you talk about the the liberals and you think, well, let's see about that. Uh, We're going to take your business away. We're going to shut it down. We're going to uh, tell you what you can and can't say. We're going to censor you. Uh, We're going to destroy religion. We're going to destroy men. Uh, what else are we going to do? Oh, yeah, we're going to say that abortion's OK. And if you're in Colorado or California, we're going to put a bill on the table that says we can kill a baby up to 30 days after they're born.
2: It's huh. pure evil, Jeff. Which party has changed? That's why everybody watching the Patriot Review, you already know you have a great leader in Jeff. You need. I challenge you today. I'm the strong safety. I'm going to run that blitz. And I want to knock the quarterback's helmet off before the whistle. Once the whistle blows, I'll stop. But I'm challenging you right now. You have got to share this episode and encourage all of your friends to watch Jeff on the Patreon review. And you also need to support him because he is out there on the front line sharing truth. He's got three beautiful daughters to support. He needs your prayers first. But in this battle, we need funds. So go to Jeff. You know how to find him. And would you please consider praying over him first and giving a one-time gift? And anything that God lays on your heart, $10, $20, $100, $1,000 or more, I believe by faith that Jeff will be a good steward of those dollars.
0: Well, I really appreciate that. And and folks, that wasn't prearranged. So I really do appreciate that. No, Um, it
2: wasn't prearranged. But we were talking about crying out against the abominations in our midst and talking about the liberals, but also talking about the Republicans. In the state of Ohio, where Ohio Brett's from, I travel out of Dublin, Ohio. That's where I'm from, near Columbus. We have a rhino governor, Mike DeWine, that all those things that you were saying, he is doing all those. It is an absolute abomination, and it's up to us. We the people in the middle, black, white, yellow, Hispanic, Asian, we're all coming together, and center left and center right is actually coming together together. But we're coming together, unfortunately, that we have all been deceived. We've been lied to. And this author of confusion, for many of you who don't have to dust off your Bible, you know who the author of confusion is. So we have to get after it. And that's why I'm excited, on behalf of the ChristianRevolution.net to go to all 50 states and, Jeff, I'm planting seeds and we're building teams. And it's so exciting that there are men and women that are hungry to get together because they know something's off. But they keep looking to politicians and they lie. They keep looking to big media and they lie. They keep looking to big companies and they lie. They keep looking at these monster churches and they lie. People are confused. And in the fog of war, I said the fog of war, make no mistake, Mm We just need a direct mission set. We can't be guessing. So that's one of the things that I'm excited that we can go in and starts with the Bible, getting the Bible read in the house again. The man is the leader, but the wife will read. The kids will read. You will share the Bible together. And you don't have to do it for five hours at a time. Why don't you start with five minutes a day where you read a Bible together? Is that going to be a lost waste of time?
0: You know, the other, another option for the audiophiles out there is like Pray.com. There's all kinds of great apps. There's, you know, if you're driving on your way to work, you could listen to the Bible every day. There's, there's plenty of time if you find, if you find that niche in. I agree with that. that.
2: But here's what happened: is um, Lucifer is taking over everything. You're, well, many of us know when the real Sabbath is and when that starts. And so that real Sabbath on Friday night, they're going all through through Saturday. And I'm right. a sports guy. Look how that was sabotaged. Uh, I'm a football guy. So now in America, we have youth league practices every night. We have middle school football games on Thursdays. We have Friday night, baby, Friday night lights. We Mm -hmm. have high school football in America. So families aren't even eating together. And then on Saturday, you better believe the Ohio State Buckeyes are going to pound somebody on college football. And then we have Sunday where you have NFL football. So we have really got to take back our time. I'm not saying that don't go watch the Toledo Rockets when they play the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm not saying don't get involved in sports. I think sports has a huge backdrop in in our communities, and there's value in sports. Uh, You don't have to be the superstar to get value on being a team. But what I'm going to challenge people to do is when can we get families together again? Right. We need to be selfish, 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 right. like never before, with our families first, and then get to know your neighbors,
0: right. and then get to that's, know your neighbors. That's neighbor a big neighbor. one, too. Get to know your neighbors is a big one that's gone. When I was a kid, we knew everybody. We'd talk to them outside. We'd spend an hour talking to them outside. You know, well, whoever walked by. We were told would to go by. outside
2: and play, right. and then don't come back till dinner time.
0: Right, exactly right. You know, as far as sports goes, um, I would prefer the Badgers, but... The, uh...
2: So I respect the Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> they are a mighty, mighty team. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Big Ten. Oh, um, amen. You guys are amazing. And <laughs> I can't wait to get to Madison and watch a game there someday. That's on my bucket list. And that, that's actually, thanks for bringing that up, Jeff, because as, as the Lord has led this on my heart, this isn't Ohio Brett's dream. My name's Brett Bowl. I was nicknamed Ohio Brett by a very famous Wisconsin Bob Mr. Inspiration Whelan, a former national Vietnam Veteran of the Year. He was from uh, a town near, um, where was he from? Near Milwaukee is where oh. he was from.
0: Okay. And Lots of little he towns is a famous there.
2: man that he gave his legs in Vietnam stepping on a booby trap mortar. He was actually thrown in a body bag. The bag was zipped up, and that body bag took a ride in a helicopter, and the guys are throwing off the bags. Hey, Hey Jeff, that bag moved. I ain't touching it. You go unzip it. Unzipped it, and God gave Bob Wheelan one last breath, and he got a second chance. Wow. So he came back to America and did some amazing things. One of the most famous Wisconsin leaders I, I can imagine. He did the walk across America on his arm. I remember that. I hadn't
0: heard the Vietnam amazing. story though. That's that's amazing.
2: Well, but it goes before that because he was one of the best athletes ever, and he had not signed yet, but he had offers on the table to be a left-handed pitcher to go straight to the major leagues. But he got another letter in the mail when the U.S. Army said, we need you to report. And so he never got to fulfill that dream of playing in major league football. But he did come back. He did the walk across America on his arms. He became a four-time world champ in the bench press, and he became the Green Bay Packers strength coach the only double amputee ever. Vince Workman was a running back. Yep. Don, the magic man. Mikowski was the quarterback. I think Cecil Cooper might have been That's a great. defensive back. I liked him because he liked the hit like me. Yeah, I love, I
0: love yeah. Cecil Cooper. He was Amazing
2: great. story. So he's the one who nicknamed me. But Ohio Brett is in full-time ministry with a sports background, going to all 50 states in 12 months. And I've got a game plan, Jeff. God gave me a game plan to, in all 50 states, encourage Team Jesus, recruit for Team Jesus, and get funds out to Team Jesus at the local level. Amen. Let's, what are your
0: contact uh, op- options there so people can really learn more about you and check out your show?
2: Well, you can go to ohiobrett.com, O-H-I-O-B-R-E-T-T.com. Please go to thechristianrevolution.net, thechristianrevolution.net. Read our open letter to the world. We're out there. We want to fund good. And if you feel led, please pray over us, give, and share. We're eight months old, and we've already been been able to give out $345,000 in grants in our first eight months at the local level. All praise be to God. All praise be to God. And yes, go to Brighty on TV and you can follow me, follow all the shows, but you can find me on Wednesdays, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I know Jeff's coming on. So it's going to be an amazing show to introduce Jeff and the Patriot Review to America.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for everything you do. God bless you, Brett. And I will include you and all of your efforts in my prayers. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure.
2: Well, Jeff, and if I could, I'd like to get permission to share a verse. My Nana shared with me years ago, Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Friends, that's a call. That's a call to action. The living creator of the universe, our heavenly father and his son, Jesus Christ, they just want a personal relationship with us. But you have to take action. You have to read your Bible and call out in prayer, and they will answer us and not just show us a couple cool things. They will show the dreamer great and mighty things that we can't even imagine. Jeff, it's been an honor for Ohio Brett to be on the Patriot Review. God bless you, and God bless all of your audience. Amen.
0: Thank you, sir. It's been a great pleasure. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. So there you have it, Ohio Brett. Mr. High Energy, I'd love him to bottle some of that and send it to me. I can feel myself aging a little bit here, uh, hopefully gracefully, however. So again, those websites, ohiobrett.com, thechristianrevolution.net, I will put those links in the description for you so you can check those out. Uh, You notice he had a story in there about a veteran, and uh, it was quite quite a fitting time to share that story being Memorial Day weekend. I have another story, I told you I had some videos and this one that was recommended I wanted, to, I wanted to show to you, so we'll go ahead and we'll take a look at it. Here to tell Sergeant Lambert's story is this year's Academy awarded nominated actor, Sam Elliott.
3: We were headed to Omaha Beach, and I was glad. After all the fighting in Africa and Sicily, I just wanted to get this war over with. It was daylight on the 6th. I went up on deck and found my brother Bill there. We talked about our chances and what our parents would think. About 6 a.m., the signal came to go to stations. My brother and I promised Whoever survived would take care of the other's family. And we shook hands and went our separate ways. I climbed down the nets and got into the Higgins boat with my unit. On the way in, we could hear the battleships firing and see, our big, see the big shells landing ahead of us. The guys were getting sick and vomiting from the choppy water and the diesel fumes. As we got in closer, the Germans had a bird's eye view of us coming in. We picked up machine gun fire. The bullets clanged against the metal ramp of the boat like hail. Then the big 88s on a hill opened up. Every time a shell whistled overhead, all you could hear was the sound of a banshee screaming. Boats around us were burning. I saw men on fire. Even their shoes were on fire. Dead and wounded were floating in the water. We had orders not to stop and pick anyone up. I told my men when the ramp drops, hit the water hard and keep as low as you can to dodge the bullets. We sank up over our heads. That was the last time I saw most of them. 31 men jumped off that boat. Just seven of them made it to the beach. The only cover was a block of concrete the Germans had failed to clear. That's where I set up a collection point for the casualties. Medics were trained not to dig in. We were there to see the troops and for them to see us. I detailed Corporal Raymond Lepore to hunker down and treat the men while I brought in the injured. Ray and I had been together since 39. I knew I could count on him. It was total confusion. Shells exploding, boats blowing up, people yelling because they couldn't hear anything, machine gun bullets hitting the water all around you, the roar of the boats coming in. It's like you're all alone in a world of a million people because you're concentrating on what you have to do. Hadn't gone far when I felt a bullet go through my right arm. I just kept going. I was thinking of only one thing, getting to the men who needed me. There was a soldier laying right on the edge of the water. One arm was almost shot off. Every time a wave would come in, that arm would be pulled back out to sea, and he'd try to reach out for it. The first thing you're supposed to do is keep a wounded man from going into shock. But he was too far gone. Nothing I could do for him. He died my arms. I was on my way to treat another soldier when a piece of shrapnel the size of my hand tore a hole in my left thigh. I put a tourniquet on it, gave myself a shot of morphine, and went back to work. You did the job you were trained to do. If you didn't, you died. I could feel my right arm going numb from the first bullet. Saw a guy struggling in chest-deep water grabbed him with my good arm just as a Higgins boat rolled in and dropped its ramp the ramp hit me right in the back crushed two vertebrae and pushed us both to the bottom that's when I started talking to the one guy I knew could help me I said God I've asked you many times but just give me another chance let me save one more person and for some reason that boat raised its ramp and backed out Somehow, I managed to drag his boat to safety. I told Corporal Poor he'd have to take my place. He stood up, and then he just collapsed against my shoulder. His helmet fell off, and I saw the hole right in the center. Everything went black after that. The next thing I knew, I was on a boat going back to England. A Navy doctor looked at my dog tags, and he told me, we have another Lambert here. My brother's Bill's stretcher was put right next to mine on the dock at Weymouth. He'd been on the beach with G Company. We went to the hospital in the same ambulance. When I woke up, he was on the cot next to me. He looked over and said, what are you doing here? Same thing you are, I told him. And he said, oh, God. Now what's mother gonna think? We both made it out okay. Bill lived to be 92. People who have never been in a war should understand what soldiers give up. The guys we left on Omaha Beach never had a chance to live the lives they've dreamed of. Day hasn't gone by when I haven't prayed for the men we lost and their families I still wake up at night sometimes, thinking about the guys. Every man that walked into those machine guns and that artillery fire on Omaha Beach that day, every man was a hero. What kind of person would I be if I didn't tell their stories?
0: So very well told. We'll be back right after this. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that, even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation eBook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. You can also learn more by watching Episode 62 of the Patriot Review. Hey Patriots, You can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead. Use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now.
4: I I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People
2: need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me
4: where it says that protests are supposed to be polite. And peaceful.
2: Do something about your
4: dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low. We kill. Them. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Most of them radicalized right, up to the right.
3: to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner.
0: I guess today is, Mr., is Dr. Bill Warner re- returning to talk some more about Islam. Today we're going to talk about statistics relating to Islam. Doctor, welcome back. I appreciate you being here.
4: Glad to be here.
0: So when you say statistical Islam, what exactly does that mean? What, what should our viewers understand about that?
4: Well, first off, we need to start off with the fact that I'm a scientist and that I was fortunate enough to never study Islam in a university. And that may sound like an odd thing to say, but if you learn Islam in the university, you learn the apologists' point of view. So I started out and all I did was to read the Quran and the Quran led me to the Sirah. Here's a statistic. There are 89 verses in the Quran which say that every Muslim is to imitate exactly what Muhammad did. So, the consequence, after you read the Quran, you have to read Muhammad's life. And that gives you the context. So, I started just reading, and I would, for instance, I had on my desk <clears throat> a copy of the Sirah, the Bhagavad Muhammad, had a copy of the Hadith by Bukhari, and I had a Quran. Uh-huh. Well, it's very obvious, just looking at them, that the Quran was very small and the the material about Muhammad, the Hadith and the Sirah, were quite large. So I said to myself, being a science type, I said, let's make a chart out of this. So that we made a pie chart, and on it you could see something that stood out. And that's one of the things these statistics do, is they make it stand out as to exactly what it is you're doing. So it turns out that Islam, which is Quran, Sirah, Hadith, that's the doctrine of Islam, those three texts. And if it's in there, it's Islam. And if it's not in there, it's not Islam.
0: Okay, so I think what you're saying is that everything we're going to share today, the statistics that we're going to share today, directly relate to those three texts and and to history, I assume. Is that correct?
4: Yes, precisely. All right. But now then, I think that's very interesting that the doctrine of Islam is 86 percent Muhammad and only 14 percent Allah. Well, this totally turns the world upside down as to what most people think Islam is, because they think Islam is a religion. But it's no Muslim says it's a religion. Instead, what we have is, is that it is a complete way of life. So. More of a Muslim's life is governed by how Muhammad did things, and what he said and did, than Allah. And it also, there's another thing. I became interested in a concept that was in the Qur'an called the Kafir, Uh K-A-F-I-R, which is an Arabic word which means unbeliever. That's you and me. Yep, I'm a Kafir.
0: Uh Well,
4: it turns out, when you go through the Qur'an, the Seer, and the Hadith, and count up the words, 51% of those words are about the Kafir. Well, this is very strange, because if you read a Buddhist sutra, for instance, it's about how to be a Buddhist. It's not about condemning and cursing the non-Buddhist. Right. And yet that's what the doctrine does. But the statistics make this stand out, and I think that's very important. Uh Uh-huh, absolutely. So what we find is, is that the statistics makes things easier to understand. For instance, one of the things it tells you is if you want to learn about Islam, do not start by reading the Quran. You've said that
0: before on here. Let me ask you, though, real quick. So when you share these statistics, I think the automatic reaction is going to be, well, the Bible, you know, what is the percentages for the Bible? How do you compare that?
4: Well, let's take one. Okay. Let's take jihad. Now, if you count up all the... First off, let's start with the fact that there are two Qurans. An early Qur'an written in Mecca and a latter Qur'an written in Medina. There is no jihad in the Meccan Qur'an, the first one. Whereas 28% of the Qur'an written in Medina is about jihad and this is very strange
0: and Muhammad's life is in between those two is that correct
4: yes he preached the gospel as ironic he treats the he preached the religion of Islam for 13 years in Mecca and gained 150 followers who became Muslims (laughs) 13 years and he went to Medina where in 10 years time he converted all the Arabs on the Arabian Peninsula. So what we see here is there are two, so is 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 Islam the religion of peace? Yes, it is. Is Islam the religion of jihad? Yes, it is. The politics of jihad is the better way to say it. I call this work about the kafir, I call it political Islam because it is not religious Islam. Religious Islam deals with going to hell and are not going to hell but going to paradise and avoiding hell so
0: i think this this is this is important to point out i mean that's the first thing that hits my mind is so the only thing that changed between the two is it's kind of like you know people have said islam needs to go through a reformation like christianity did in order to change its direction but the truth is that in a sense it already did through the worldview of muhammad who who implanted his hatreds, his biases, his his uh, attacking and chastising the non-believer. So, that if anything, the reformation that went through Muhammad's eyes was the reverse of Christianity, and ended up being a, a political
4: system <clears throat> that included jihad. Right. Okay. Here's another reason you can't reform Islam, because this has come up many, many times. Well, let's just re- we reform. Christianity was reformed, let's reform Islam. Right. Well what is Islam? It's the Quran, perfect. The exact words of God. Well, how do you form how do you reform perfection? Do you add something or do you take something away? Uh huh, right. Good point. So if you add something to it, how could it still be perfect? If you take something away, how could it still be perfect? Then we come to Muhammad's life. The Sunnah of Muhammad is his way of life. And the Sunnah is found in the Hadith, little stories about Muhammad. And in the Sirah, his biography.
0: So you were going to mention uh, statistics around, you were starting to talk about Jihad. and is there a percentage of time that are a percentage of verses or how do you how do you break that down to talk about the content statistically about jihad? Well,
4: like I said, in Mecca there's no jihad. In Medina, twenty-eight percent of the Quran is about jihad. So this illustrates a very important point, Jeff, and that is what I call dualism. And this is a contribution I'm going to toot my own horn here and say all of this statistical analysis I'm the first person in 1400 years who's done this. Now one of the reasons for that is we now have electronic processing of data which means I can I can count how many words are in a chapter. Just look down in the lower left-hand corner of my screen and it says this many words. Uh-huh. So this kind of work had to wait until we had the ability to process data as we do now.
0: I can see but, that. Yeah, that makes sense.
4: But what, it, what I'm trying to do here is you also see that using these statistics is like an x-ray machine. You can see the, the bones of Islam. And one of those principles of Islam is dualism. There's always two things that, must, that can be said. 1400 years, people have asked this question. Well, which one is the real one? Is the, are the Meccan verses, the peaceful verses, the real Islam, or are the Medina and about Jihad the real Islam? And my answer with dualism is they're both Islam. But Bill, they contradict each other. That's because as a Westerner, we use, without even thinking about it, Aristotelian logic. And Aristotelian logic, if things contradict each other, at least one of them is false. So... These statistics allow you to decide where you're going to start studying. We're going to start studying not with the Quran, but with Muhammad's life. It also explains to you, I I sell a book called the Reconstructed Quran, a simple Quran. And what I did was, is I took the Quran, which is a mishmash, and put it in the right time order. How did I know the right time order? Because the verses go along with Muhammad's life, and he was in Medina. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have the fact that all of a sudden we're dealing with facts. We're not dealing with opinions. And we're also dealing with things that are now easy to understand. And we use Islamic logic because in Islamic, log- Islamic logic, that the Quran itself addresses this because there, it is obvious to anybody that reads the Quran that it is contradictory. And in his own day, people ask Muhammad, says, well, you said this, and now you say that. And Allah says, I can replace something with something that is better. So what happens is, is the Medinan Quran is the latter Quran. It is better than the Meccan Quran. But listen carefully. They're both true. Well, unless say, that doesn't cr- make sense. That's because you're talking as a Westerner. Yeah. But don't you understand if Allah is perfection, yeah. how could it possibly be that the Quran, the earlier verses are
0: wrong? It can't be. And, and further, because I'm a pessimist, I also would, would believe that uh, people with the political agendas would use the earlier version to tell Westerners that there's nothing to fear from Islam. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: I suspect that's true. Do you know who tells you the truth about Islam? Jihadist. Right. They tell you the complete truth. As a matter of fact, you might be interested to know you're talking to the only man who has approval from al-Qaeda as to my doctrine. I got a letter one time, email one time from a man who said, I grew up in Denmark. I converted to Islam in prison, I studied Islam under Anwar Alawaki, who was a Al Qaeda mm. imam, and he said he taught me Islam just like you say. So, Jeff, you're talking to the only man who's Al Qaeda approved. Wow, that's really <laughs> quite amazing. That's really quite amazing. Well, I've had other uh, former Muslims say, "No, you got it right." Of course, no Muslim ever says, I have it right. Mm-hmm. Nor will they. No, no, they're not going to do they're not going to do that. One of the things I love about this is, is that if I'm ever arguing or debating with Muslims, when I do things like there are 13 verses in the Quran which state that a Muslim is never the true friend of a kafir, but they know what to do with that. Yeah, Now they do know this. Kafir is the dirtiest word in any language. Allah hates Kafirs. Okay, he he makes Kafirs simply for the pleasure of burning them in hell. Now, when I refer to myself as a Kafir in front of Muslims, they go, oh, you're not a Kafir. Well, I give you a statistical answer. I do not read Arabic, but I took a transliterated Quran that is, the sa- the sounds are spelled out in English alphabet. There are 345 verses in the Quran in which the word Kafir means unbeliever. So, therefore, I say that this proves the fact that Allah calls me a Kafir. Therefore, I'm a Kafir. But like I say, Usually the Muslims, when they refer to kafir, they say kafir hajjiz, which is filthy kafir. So you can see I use numbers. And once again, when I deal with Muslims, they don't know what to do with these numbers. They don't know there's 345 verses in the Quran in which the word kafir is translated as unbeliever. So I, I love it because of that.
0: Do you have a like a, a short list of all these All these uh, statistical
4: facts like. uh... Yes, of course. I stumbled into this. It was an oddity that I just sort of wrote down some figures in the margins. And then I've read the Quran more than any book I've ever read. I've read it cover to cover at least 10 times. And there was a time in my life, not anymore, when I was generating these figures in which I read it every day. So I became very skilled at noticing things, like for instance, the 13 verses that say that a Kafir is never the friend. A Muslim is never the friend of a Kafir.
0: So is this list published, Bill? Is this part of Of your book? Of course.
4: On my website, politicalislam.com, I both sell books and there's also a section which says charts and statistics.
0: So it'd be in that section. Yes. Okay. So I refer everybody again. That's politicalislam.com. You can see it on uh, Doctor Warner's name name bar there. So what other statistics do you think it's important for our viewers to know?
4: Well, share? glad you asked that question. Let's see what we have here. Ah, let's take Jew hatred. And by the way, I use the term Jew hatred, not anti-semitism. A colleague of mine, Andy Boston, who is a scholar on Islam, said anti-semitism, Bill, Semitic just means you speak a language that is related to Arabic. Okay. So that's... Uh, so it's Jew hatred, uh, okay. It's not anti-semitism. All right. That so here sense. we go. It turns out that when you come to Jew right. hatred, In the Meccan Qur'an, there's very little, only 1% of the Meccan Qur'an deals with Jew hatred, that's the first one. 17% of the Qur'an written in Medina is about Jew hatred. Now, I read Mein Kampf and marked in all the Jew hatred that I could find, and it turns out that under Mein Kampf, we have 7% is Jew hatred.
1: Wow. Because in that... the
4: Qur'an, the Seer, and the Hadith, it's 9.3 percent. There is more Jew hatred in the Qur'anic doctrine than there is in Mein Kampf. Wow, that, that blows my mind. Well, you would think it would blow Jews' minds as well. Yeah. However, most of the Jews, particularly liberal Jews, are desperate to not have anything wrong with Islam. They operate from a position of fear. But, just, but now, if if I gave them a copy of Mein Kampf, they would freak out. But if you hand them a copy of the Quran, they say, oh, thank you. Wow. People don't want to face up to this. We have fought against Islam for 1400 years with sword. We've never really fought Islam on the basis of doctrine. So I view myself as, and people like me as an intellectual warrior.
0: I'd say that's a fair
4: description. Okay, let's, let's get, get another one here. I'm having to search through papers here.
3: Okay.
0: I think you mentioned uh, the fear factor. I think that's the same thing the Americans are going through and uh, all Westerners. But I think the liberals in this country um, you know, have really put us in jeopardy. With their with their wokeism and their viewpoint.
4: Uh, well, Muslims are viewed as a protected class right, politically, so right. you can't criticize them.
1: Right.
4: Now it's interesting here. The apologists for Islam use the Sharia. The Sharia says that no kafir can criticize Islam, and so when people start to say you can't criticize Islam, without knowing it, they're invoking the Sharia, which is Islamic law. Here's another graph. Uh, for f- 13 years, Muhammad preached the religion of Islam and converted 150 people. When he died, all the Arabs on the Arabian Peninsula were Muslim. Now, what I have, what I'm, I've said this once before, but what we have here in front of me is a growth graph. I'm the first person who's ever mapped the growth of Islam, like it's a business. But what I'm looking for here is searching, searching. Ah, <laughs> Women. eureka! Eureka! Women. Now. Why do you call it when you don't like women? There's a word for it, which doesn't come to my mind. Well, it's sexism. Okay, we'll call it sexism. There's a there's a, another word, but that's that'll work a right diagnostic now. Diagnostic word? I I don't know. Anyway, women are treated badly in Islam. Massacre. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. All right. But also they're treated quite well. So I took all the verses in the Quran that deal with women and put them in three stacks. Elevates women, women are equal, and denigrates women. So there's three stacks, three things. Okay. Now there's a fourth category of verses which have nothing to do with doing anything about women good, bad, or indifferent. They're sort of like furniture or members of us on a play set, but they're not speaking roles. Here we go, in the Quran, Five percent of the mentions of women have high status. What is that high status? They're praised as mothers. Then twenty-three percent of it, they're equal to man. But this equality is on judgment day. So a woman will be a Muslim woman will be judged on by her what she did, just like the man. Mm-hmm. But when you sign a contract, always read the fine print. One of the things that the woman is judged on, her job, is to praise her husband. So, even where they're equal, part of it depends on how she deals with her husband. Her husband is still over her. Then, searching here, 71% of the verses in which women have low status, What do I mean by low status? Well, the Quran says it takes two women to equal the testimony of one man in a court of law. I say that denigrates women. I would say so. The oddest one to me. I have two daughters. My wife nursed both of them. According to Islam, I should be the one who would tell her stop nursing the children.
0: At a certain age that you feel
4: appropriate. Yeah. The, what? What the hell business out of mind? Yeah, right. I mean, right. really. I mean, think about it. Right. I would never tell a woman when to stop nursing a child. I figure that's her business. Right. So I say that denigrates women. I would say so. And then there's the beating. Ah, uh, Surah Four, Women, Third Verse Thirty-four. You're allowed to beat your wife.
0: I think the word you were looking for
4: was misogynistic. Yes, thank you. Uh-huh. It, so, but let's that's the answer to the question. Does Islam treat women well? Yes, it does. Does Islam denigrate women? Yes, it does. This is once again is
0: dualism. So, what's the percentage of the um of the the
4: negative? Negative is 80 I'm sorry. Seventy one percent.
0: So I'd have to ask any woman, would you want to be in a marriage where you're treated very poorly, 71 percent of the time? So why would any woman convert to Islam? Because the answer is definitely no, I would think.
4: Actually, there are women who deliberately convert to Islam, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Now, this is my personal theory. If you're a woman in today's world, it is difficult to find a man who will be a husband and not cheat on you and bring home a paycheck. Particularly if you're a black woman. But if you become a, if you're a woman and you convert to Islam, you'll get a, you'll get a husband almost as soon as you want one. So that's one reason that they convert is because they can get a husband. Yeah. The other thing is when you convert to Islam, you're a member of a club. You belong somewhere. You belong somewhere. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And one of the things that Islam has is a very strong sense of community. There's some things about Islam that I like. One of them is strong community. I like that. Now I don't wanna
0: I don't wanna step on and go by your your comments too fast here before anybody who's watching, you know, gets uh bent out of shape and and calls you a racist for your comments about, especially black women, that is based on factual data that more than 70% of the of the homes in black society, the, the male, the father, is nowhere to be seen. And um, so that's that's not a racist comment at all. That's based on what we're experiencing. All
4: I tell you who's told me this are black women. Right, right. A black woman was talking to me. She says, I hate it when I see a black man marry a white woman because usually... The black man that marries a white woman is say an accountant or someone really good, and she says there's just not enough decent black men. Now you can call me a racist if you want to, but I'm quoting a black woman.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think you are, but I do think this, and it's 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 encouraging to see that uh, more and more blacks are are returning to you know the the principles of the United States, and they're forming they're more nationalist now, popular national populists and stuff. That's a completely different subject. But I, but I, I think that that is over the over the hump, so to speak, and and hopefully improving. But so we've very interesting now. We've talked about uh, jihad, which to me is always the most concerning.
4: And we. Oh, talked- let me tell you, let me give you some statistics on jihad. Okay, go ahead. He said excitedly. <laughs> <laughs> Muslims say, "Oh well, there's two kinds of jihad. There's the Real jihad. And the real jihad is doing well for others. It's a struggle. The other jihad is jihad of the sword. So I said, okay, let's talk about jihad. I took this the hadith out of Bukhari. Counted them up. Out of all the things, the hadith that deal with jihad, 2% of them, Deal with Islam as jihad as self-improvement or worship. Are doing some difficult spiritual practice. Two percent. Ninety-eight percent are about jihad of the sword. So is this? So is jihad peaceful struggle? Yes, it is. Two percent. Is it killing kafirs? Yes, it is. Ninety-eight percent. Do you see how these this way of speaking is very different?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So you're not left with arguing which one's the real one. They're both real.
0: Right. Two things can be true at the same time.
4: Even if they contradict each other. Right. And that is the biggest, the strength of Islam is in dualism. Because everybody's heard good things about Islam. And so they figure, well, if the good things are true, the bad things cannot be true. Mm -hmm. That's because you're thinking like a Westerner. In Islam, they can both be true—the good and the bad.
0: You know, I would think that I would I would uh, say that's because you're thinking as a modern Westerner. Even even as close as World War II, it seems to me, and my belief is, is that Americans tended more to base things on people's actions. You know, they didn't. I think it's shown by some of even some of the mistakes we made, like the Japanese Americans who got put in the camps. know we based those action we based that on do on the actions we saw in Pearl Harbor Uh, you know so at that point in time maybe we were a little bit too far that way and and that resulted in that piece of history but um, don't you think Americans have kind of lost that looking at actions and, and just saying yep that is exactly what it appears to be
4: at 81 years old age I do not recognize the country I live in now.
0: Uh huh. That, that, I believe that 100%. I never thought that we'd be where we're at. No.
4: I mean, I just can't. I never thought we'd argue about what a woman was.
0: <laughs> no kidding. Can't answer that question. Or testify before Congress that men can have babies and have abortions. Uh, which happened this week. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah. And another thing that happened this week was over in Africa. More killing of Christians. Meanwhile, our president is talking about the persecution of Muslims. And, uh, you know, there's headline after headline, example after example of of Christians being killed,
4: and no one says a word about it. Uh, Let me give you a stat. I bet you've never interviewed a guest who quoted so many numbers. I uh, don't think so, actually. I became interested in how many people have died in Jihad. Now, this is a reasonable question to ask. You can answer this question. How many people did Stalin kill? How many people did Mao Zedong kill? How many people did Cho not Cho- and Lai, Pol Pot? But no one, I, I, can, I can tell you how many Jews that Hitler killed, but no one can tell you how many, not even Christians can tell you how many Christians were killed. Here's how it breaks down. 60 million Christians over 1,400 years, 80 million Hindus, 10 million Buddhists, and 120 million Africans. I call those the tears of jihad. Wow. And what's tragic to me is that no one seems to know these figures, nor are they interested in them.
0: Yeah, that that right there is the most stunning thing I've heard about about really the destruction that Islam brings to the world. I've never heard that before. That's that's you, you blow my mind twice, and that
4: is scary because I don't have much left. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I've stood in churches and asked three questions. What's that? How many Muslims has this congregation converted? What do you do to support the Christians in the Middle East and Africa? And what powerful people have you offended?
0: In today's churches are more concerned about being woke and accepting anybody and everybody. So the answers, I'm sure, are disappointing. Very. Very. Well, we have to leave it there for today, but you know, we're definitely continuing our talks and uh, we can always bring more stats in as as you want. Um, Is there one thing you'd like to
4: leave the audience with today? For 1400 years, it's been that the knowledge about Islam was only accessible to college professors and imams. We live in a time, for the first time in 1400 years, that a plumber and a bus driver can understand Islam, if they're willing to buy the books and do the reading themselves. All so right. I encourage you to educate yourself, right, and because go, by and large everybody's lying to you. So go to
0: politicalislam.com, politicalislam.com, there's tons of video, there's uh, courses there, there's books there, there's statistics there. Uh, Dr. Warner has, has been the uh, the expert on Islam in uh, Western education and civilization. I think the big, the 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 most uh, ever, and uh, it's been a real honor to have you, Doctor. And I look forward to our continued discussions. So uh, thanks again, and we'll see you soon.
4: Thank you very much. You're welcome.
0: Hey, Patriots! It's Jeff Wagner. I love my pillow products. I use them. I can say that they are simply the best quality that you will find anywhere. And you can help us all out, all patriots, including Mike Lindell, and our mission to restore America by going to MyPillow.com today and using code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review, so it's easy to remember. TPR. Save up to 66%. You can also order by calling 800 519 9927 again that's 805199927 thank you and god bless
3: Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty.
0: So we're back, and I really enjoy having Dr. Warner on. He uh, he really knows his stuff, and I really would really like you to check out politicalislam.com. Now, I was over there, and I bought a, a trilogy uh, of his. And those, I believe, are on sale still. So if you go over there and check that out, politicalislam.com, very, very well thought out, very detailed and interesting stuff. You won't regret the purchase and check that out. And don't forget to check out com. Now, one thing I wanted to end with was just to talk a little bit about, again, Memorial Day and talking about what, you know, the question is, what would those people, those men and women who've sacrificed their lives what would they think of what they uh, see if they could see us today as a country and I would have to say that I believe they would be very uh, sadly disappointed and uh, probably would be in in um, in tears really seeing what has happened to the country that they so bravely fought for so I believe that with all my heart and I, I you know go back and forth not too much I don't really let the trolls bug me too much. But uh, uh, this week earlier, I had someone, you know, attack Christianity. And I'm no Bible thumper. And I'm, you know, I believe that a person's faith is a very private thing between them and their creator. Um, You know, but uh, what blows my mind is the left will defend the, uh, the beliefs in Islam that, you know, actually are very barbaric. And Sharia in itself is is directly opposed to and counter to uh, our society, the constitution, and individual rights and liberty. Uh, you know, and they will stand to defend that, and they will instead tear down the Judeo-Christian value set, which you know they believe it's outdated. And and to me, those values. You know, treat others as you would like to be treated yourself and thou shalt not kill. And, you know, basically the Ten Commandments and the, the Judeo-Christian values that our country were founded on, those, those never go out of style. Those, those are not old-fashioned values. I know it's a common term, but it's not old-fashioned values. It's just values. It's, it's human affirming. It's, it's uh, uh, treating other people with respect. It's the right thing to do period. And it has gotten so muddled in today's political argument that it's just getting to the point where it's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, the the um, this calling people uh, Islamophobic and all the other things that that they call us after 9-11, we certainly didn't seem to learn from that. And we said that we would we would never forget just as we said, we would never forget the major battles, the wars that this country has been in, and those that have lost or given their lives for us to be here having these, uh, these uh, crises that our our own government takes advantage of to erode our freedoms. And there is one article I wanted to share with you, and that's this, uh, this deals with the Federal assault, I'll read a little bit of it, the federal assault on American institutions and the right of association for those looking to traditional Jewish and Christian understandings of the human person as male or female continues under the Biden administration. Now what they're trying to do now and they'll be debating this in June is to uh, use the federal funding for schools as a weapon so that they can force schools to allow males into girls bathrooms, for example, or locker rooms. Uh, And this kind of stuff is just idiocy and completely unacceptable. And this is where you can join the battle and call your congressman or your congresswoman. And let them know what you think about this. Uh, The rhinos. I agree with uh, several of the guests that I have on here. The rhinos are worse. the democrats we know the 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 leftists and what their views are uh but the rhinos don't seem to stand up. not seem they don't stand up for what's right Uh, we even have they go so far as to have a father whose daughter was raped uh by uh, uh someone who went into the girl's bathroom because he could and uh you know that's the guy that gets arrested right the father, because he's complaining at the school board meeting and and you saw the video it's been a while, but uh, in no way was he being violent. Uh, He was upset and rightfully so. And yet here we go again. They want to strong arm their crazy beliefs that tear down our country. Uh, And honestly, this doesn't have to do with sexual preference. I could care less what your sexual preference is. But when you start attacking our children and, and what about the rights of those children? that are in those locker rooms, that are in those bathrooms. I can tell you that if this continues, that the only answer is going to be, and millions have already done it, is going to be to pull your kids from those public schools. Then they can take their funding and stick it where the sun don't shine. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit because our freedoms and liberties that those who fought the wars and gave the the ultimate sacrifice their lives for us they would not recognize our country today. And this actually is a call to action. and again, not violence, but a call to action. And these are just a couple small examples. Um, we'll We'll be talking more specifically about uh, what really is extreme in our country. And it's not the it's not the the white guys like me. It's not the uh, the the Republicans, the America first Republicans or conservatives or constitutional conservatives we are the people who help others we are the people who elevate others we are the people who believe in individual liberty and freedom regardless of your uh, creed regardless of your race Uh, we are not the ones who censor and shut down and violently attack Uh, you know so the narrative is beyond ridiculous and we'll explore that more I would like to just say one more thing. If you haven't checked out episode 54, I interviewed uh, Gold Star Widow Michelle Black her book *Sacrifice*. Recommend checking that episode out. Uh, I am dedicating this episode to all who have fallen, and to Michelle and her boys. And I uh, I ask you to keep them in your prayers and all of all of the Americans who uh, have lost loved ones. So thank you for being here and we will come back next week and check. you can check it out. You can go to the website now. I have a new website that I'm working on. It's called America First Productions and that's what I'm going to use eventually to put up my documentaries. But that's where you can follow what's going on with the High Treason docuseries. And I've done some interview panel uh, interviews and I've worked on some content, so that project is going the trailer you saw for COVID, that's going to be episode three, Uh, episode two will be insurrection, and uh, episode one will be a history of the uh, individuals who were charged tried for treason and uh, get you the foundation of of information that you need before we move on. Six total episodes, we'll talk about that as time goes on, but thank you very much. Check out redbloodedpatriots.com And again, AmericaFirstProductions.com. We will see you next time.